The following program is paid for by Busey Bank. It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at BC Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. And good morning and welcome to Money Talk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson. And today I have my co-host, Aaron Sutton, is joining me today, Chartered Financial Analyst, a Senior Vice President, Investment Portfolio Manager. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Kurt. Great yeah. to be here. It's a beautiful day, at least weather-wise. Nice uh, and warm out there. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, you know, it seems like I was thinking, it seems like every time we start this program, I say, well, a lot's happened in the last month. Well, this time I really mean it. Okay. Absolutely. And I just want to kind of set the stage here really quickly. Uh, you know, there's so much that's happened and not necessarily good news over the last month regarding the markets and the economy. And I'm just going to laundry list a few things here. We've got inflation at 8%. We've got a 10-year treasury that's uh, close to 3.4%. Um, we've got just yesterday had the largest Fed fund increase uh, in nearly 30 years. We've had, uh, you know, we've had Bitcoin down 27% in just the last week and 70% off of its high. Remember, Aaron, it was like $60 and, or $60,000. $60, and now it's like edging down to 20. Mm -hmm. And everybody said this is probably going to go lower than that. And then if you look at the stock markets, uh, you know, you've got the NASDAQ down over 31%, the Dow mm -hmm. down over 17%. You've got the S&P down over 23%. I don't need to go any further. Are you We've trying had, to depress us? I, no, I'm not. I'm not, except for just, you know, you can hear all this stuff on CNBC, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, but why do you tune in today? Well, what we want to talk about today is a little bit about, kind of put it in perspective, but also talk mostly about where do you go from here? What do we do from here? So, Aaron, you and I brought in the heavy artillery this morning. Right. We brought in Zach Hillard. Zach Hillard, also a chartered financial analyst, senior vice president, but our executive vice president. Sorry, Zach, didn't mean to give you the motion there. <laughs> no problem. And actually, our chief investment officer. You know, Zach has a team of 15 people that work under him, maybe more now, Zach. We manage, I know you're responsible for selecting how we invest uh, the, uh, the investments in 10, 13, actually $13 billion. And so that's a pretty big role. So I'm going to kind of just open it up to what your thoughts would be for our, our listeners today about, you know, what's going on and where we go from here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, thanks, Curtin. Uh, great to be here. You know, from my perspective, I think you have to understand a little bit, you know, when you get involved in, in investing in the markets, you know, really understand the risks, but the volatility involved in certain areas and, and you know, have an ability to kind of work through these difficult situations when they occur. And as far as the stock market goes, you really should be prepared to understand that these these type of environments are, are, are going to happen. You know, we, we see the S&P 500 in, in bear market territory now, meaning down over 20%. Um, but it's not the first time we've we've seen this either. Actually, over the last, uh, if you look, over the past five years, we've actually been through um, three bear markets. Mm -hmm. um, think back the fourth quarter of 2018. Back then, the Federal Reserve was raising oh. interest rates, spooking the market. Yeah. The last 45 days of that year. Yep, we hit hit the low on Christmas Eve that year, which 
didn't make for a great Christmas. <laughs> for, for, great for Christmas us present, the team, yeah. yeah. But um, and then obviously the pandemic and the sell-off we saw, you know, as that was kind of hitting, and then here recently this latest sell-off. But if you go back over that five-year period and you look at the returns, that if you would have stayed invested throughout that, you know, five-year period, weathered the ups and downs of the market. You know, the S&P is up uh, double digits and has provided an annualized return of greater than 10% over that five-year period. And and you can go back even further and see, see a very similar story. And so for us, it's, yes, we not, need to understand the risks within the market, you know, how we adjust for those and, and incorporate maybe some protection within our portfolios to lessen the downside when these, these times happen. Uh, but at the same time, we're not overreacting, and I think that's where most investors really get set themselves back um, as far as getting a, a, an acceptable return over time. Is they let their emotions really drive their investment decisions, and they're they're thinking now. I just want to preserve what I have at this point, so I might as well. I need to get out now. Typically, that's the worst thing you can do because some of the best days in the market tend to happen sh- very shortly after some of the worst periods of time. Um, so for us, it's, yes, being very mindful of the challenges we face today, you know, inflation, rising interest rates, uh, issues uh, from a supply chain perspective. Um, but for us, I think if you identify good, strong, solid companies that have very strong management, have shown the ability to weather these kind of ups and downs of the economy, you know, over time you tend to do quite well. And that's kind of how we're viewing this today. Um, I know that's fairly high level, and we can get into more specifics. But um, you know, for us, we're not we're not overly concerned. And if anything, we look as as, as some type of opportunity. What opportunities are out there today that we can take advantage of that may position us better for better, higher returns to achieve going forward? You know, we ourselves we did that during the pandemic in in right. March and April of 2020. Really saw you know. Uh, Stocks trading at very attractive levels actually added to the portfolio at that time. That's played out very well. But here recently, we've been kind of more mindful of valuations, seeing risks increase. So we've been scaling some of that back. Um, And typically, that's in bonds. But bonds haven't been a real great place to be so far this year either. It's been a little bit Um, of a double whammy. It it really has. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's, again, you know, trying to build that portfolio that achieves whatever your goals are, short, medium, or long term understanding the risks and then aligning those within the portfolio. You know, you talk about opportunity. This reminds me of one of my favorite Warren Buffett quotes, and there's a number of them, but uh, it's, it's, it's times like these that stocks return to the hands of their rightful owners. <laughs> and and uh, I, I love that particular one. But, you know, you talk about – I know you, you both preach every show. Now, you're not on with this as often, but I have to look at Aaron every time. And um, – you know, you talk about diversification, diversification, but, you know, who would have guessed after the pandemic we'd have that amazing 2020 and then followed by an amazing 2021, right? So sometimes when you think, see the market going up like that, you know, this this diversification and preservation kind of goes out the window, right, emotionally, and we get caught up because, you know, a lot of what's it, it, what's happening now is, is correcting ex- excesses in a lot of these meme stocks, Bitcoin, things like that. And I'm sure everybody was sitting on the side saying, everybody's making money in Bitcoin but me. 
Yeah. You know, and this kind of just brings back people back to reality that there, it, this is not an easy thing to do to make money over a long time. I mean, it is if you just stay the course and you diversify, but it's just not that easy as buying Bitcoin. And I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll jump in here. Sure. And I think to your point, Kurt, this is really when people learn their true risk tolerance. It's easy to take a lot of risk. Like you said, when markets are doing well, you're seeing Bitcoin going up, the meme stocks doing well. But this is really what tests you and proves, you know, kind of what your proper allocation should be. And again, keeping that focus on the long term as well, I think, is what's critical in this environment. Like Zach said, uh, these are all things the market's seen before. We've gone through rate height cycles. We've seen high inflation. We've seen high energy prices all in the past. Maybe the new one you could add in, there's a little bit of wrinkle is the Bitcoin. But then if you look at the Bitcoin market, I think it's down to like less than a trillion dollars, which sounds like a huge number. But when you put that in perspective to how big the stock market is, how right. big the bond market, it's a really small amount that we're actually talking about there. So, again, I think, you know, just kind of using history as a guide here, that's kind of what gives us the confidence to say that markets will eventually recover. Um, and so I think that's really, at the end of the day, the ultimate thing to keep in mind is that long-term focus and uh, having the confidence that you know markets will eventually recover these losses. You know, you you've shared with me this great graph, and of course, unfortunately, we can't show it on the radio, but it show, went back forty years and it showed how how almost every year the market drops to some degree, oh, yeah. but doesn't actually end up that way. Mm -hmm. And I think the average you share for the last forty years is is it's, is the interyear low is like down fourteen percent. That's right. Right. But I went on that graph and the other day. Uh, as I was uh, before a preparation to meet with a client, and I saw that that if you took that forty years, ten years out of that forty, it's gone down closer to twenty percent, which is mm -hmm. in the area we, we we're here right now. And if my memory serves me right, that that nine out of the ten years, the market was up the following year. In fact, four or five of the ten years, the market actually ended up positive that year. <laughs> When you're down with 20 so I think that's why a lot of times people think, well, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing something? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you nervous? And But history really is on our side, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think really what's key for investors in this, in this environment is obviously if you're retired and your portfolio is meeting your cash needs, this is what's causing a lot of stress and anxiety right now. When you're seeing downturns, you know, you're not contributing money like you once were. You're pulling money out of the market. So I think what can help uh, alleviate a lot of concerns right now is if you're taking monthly distributions from your account, maybe just set aside a few extra months in this environment because we none of us know what's going to happen over the next few months. Right. But like you said, we're confident it's going to come back in the long term. In the short term, it's anybody's guess. But I think just taking these little steps can help ease some of this anxiety that you're feeling right now and allow you to focus on the long term, like you're saying, because we know eventually it's going to recover. We just can't predict the exact timing yeah. of that. But as long as you can make sure your cash needs are met for the next several months, that can help kind of, you know, ease you quite a bit and, you know, stop you from focusing on the short term news cycle, not worrying about what's happening on a daily basis, because, you know, all your needs are going to be met over the next few months, and you don't have to worry about what the market's doing on a daily basis. So yeah. I think for a lot of our listeners out there, if you are really nervous right now, that can be a good strategy to maybe alleviate this immediate concern and, like you said, get back to focusing on the long term, knowing that the market will recover just like it has uh, every time in history. 
Yeah, you know that one of the and to your point, one of the simple things that I'll tell clients uh, when I talk with them is I say, look, at the mar- market goes down with regularity, but you kind of forget about it, right? Because then it goes back up. But I said the key thing to remember is the market has never, ever, ever stayed down. It's never gone to zero. You know, we've we've had we've had recessions, depressions, we've had world wars, we've had other wars, we've had all these things in the last hundred years. Yet the market continues on its climb, and so because one of the things that I think will really um, destroy your investing, you know, is is fear and greed. You know, I mean, it really does, and I think you, that those two things are much more dangerous than the markets. Is making decisions at the wrong time, using emotion as your guide, and not common sense. Yeah, and I and I would say we've seen a lot of that greed. As of late, yeah. um, you know, getting into investments that, that really when you dive into it and try to understand the underlying value of that investment or, or that company, it's, it's really hard to hard to put a valuation on it, even though the stock may be just, you know, going to the moon. People feel left out in getting in, yeah. like feeling like they have to get in because they don't want to miss out on any more of the upside. Yeah, fear of missing out. Y- oh, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and and I think you know, our our number one goal is preservation of capital, and and that's yeah. you know what Warren Buffett says. Rule number one: don't lose money. Um, what, what's and, rule number two? Yeah, and don't lose money. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what I thought. And, and so it's that focus on understanding, you know, really where the value is in that investment you're making, what that looks like over the long term, and 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 you know, investing high quality companies, strong cash flow, good management, good solid strong balance sheets. That's what our team has been investing in, and it 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 has held up well. But when you look at Bitcoin. For instance, I think there's a good there's a good story there, right? I mean, we've all heard it about how this could go to a hundred thousand dollars a coin. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for us, it's really hard to to make an investment in uh, in you know investment in Bitcoin because to try to understand that underlying value is extremely difficult. Yes, there's maybe potentially very high upside, but the downside could be just as drastic, and I think that's what we're seeing here. We can't put a value on it in that case. You know, how can we say this is going to help preserve preserve you know your wealth? Um, so those are the types of investments we've. I think it's more about what you. Yes, there's one thing about what are you doing here, but also what have you not done or gotten into that that could kind of really ramp up the risk and set you back over the longer period of time. Yeah, with a lot of these investments, there's nothing really to anchor the intrinsic value to. And exactly. I think that's kind of the yeah. point you're making. But when you're looking at investments that do have cash flows, whether it's a stock, a bond, uh, it's much easier to feel comfortable. Even if the price goes down temporarily, you know that eventually it will come back as long as those cash flows are still there. And we can analyze the company, you know, make a decision or make a, a judgment as to whether those cash flows will continue. But like you said, with Bitcoin, or even some of these, you know, startup companies where they're just burning through cash on a regular basis. Yeah, there's nothing really to anchor that intrinsic value to. And then you can't make that argument of, oh, well, it eventually be, will come back because of X, Y, and Z. Well, you don't have that ability to do that with some of those investments. Yeah. So then it is just, you know, pure hope at that point. Right. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to Money Talk. Take charge of the years ahead with a smart, sound investment strategy and business succession plan. UC Bank's business and wealth management experts 
help you envision your best future with powerful insights and proven strategies. Building business and growing wealth since 1868, Busey Bank, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. With over 140 years of strength and service, Busey knows the importance of a lasting promise. Whether your dream is to retire, own your own home, or provide 401k options for your employees, Busey is here to make your money work for you. Visit Busey.com or stop by one of our many convenient locations for solutions to your banking and wealth management needs. Busey, your dream, our promise. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. And welcome back to Money Talk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Sutton. Uh, and we have our special guest today, Zach Hillard, a Chief Investment Officer at uh, Busey Wealth Management. And we're talking about really what's going on in the markets today, and uh, which uh, have been not pleasant, but uh, sometimes necessary, I guess. And along those lines, what I'd like to really talk about right now is the fact that the market with what's been happening here is really kind of seems to be flushing out a lot of these excesses we've been talking about. And I think that when it ends up being flushed out, that not necessarily everybody's going to go right back into those type of things. And would this be prone then to favor, which I think most of our listeners and more of the traditional investments, more of the, the blue chip stocks, the bonds, mutual funds, things like that, would that possibly not benefit them going forward? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. You know, for us, it's again, you know, finding good opportunities with good, solid, strong companies that produce, you know, good results over time. You're going to have these fluctuations in the market. You know, use that to your benefit. Uh, and right now, we're finding a good entry point for a lot of very good, strong, solid companies that we have high confidence in that are going to perform well over time. Now that those are down, you know, in some cases, 20 to 25% or, or more, mm -hmm. you know, for us, those traditional stocks are definitely looking more attractive than what we were seeing, you know, six yeah. months ago. I know it's really hard to do this, but it's like things are on sale. Yeah. Everything's on sale. Companies are on sale at, at, at good prices. That makes their, their dividend yields higher at these prices, all those kind of good things. But, you know, I've often said that I'm, I'm in the only business is when things go on sale, nobody wants to buy them. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so what are those – where, where do you see opportunities, gentlemen? Yeah, I can speak uh, on the stock side. You know, that's where I focus. And, yeah, you're right. At the end of last year, it was a struggle uh, to find anything that looked attractive. And so we had a lot of meetings where we'd get together, we'd look at our portfolio. We liked our current stocks. But when we are looking for other opportunities, we just weren't, weren't really finding any. And so – kind of led us to held on to what we had. And fortunately, it's worked out really well because um, we had a lot of stocks that were still at attractive valuations. And we've seen those hold up much better uh, so far this year. But to your point, what we're seeing now is a lot of those stocks that we were excluding, uh, either from our screening process or our due diligence process at the end of last year, they're starting to kind of percolate and start to pop up on our list now. And so we actually made a trade uh, just a couple weeks ago into a name that we had been following really for the last couple years and quite honestly had hurt us not owning it. Uh, it had been doing really well, but we just felt it was too expensive. Uh, but now it's decreased dramatically as we've seen these growth stocks get hit. And finally, we felt comfortable to initiate a position in it. So yeah, we're starting to see some more opportunities like that. And I think we might continue to see more, as you said, uh, if this sale continues as we go forward. Yeah. 
I, I would just maybe add too that one thing we've seen change, or, or, or one thing we've we see now that we haven't over the past ten years or so, is that bonds are looking more attractive. That's right. Yeah. You know, with with interest rates rising uh, like they have, you mentioned the ten-year Treasury around three point four percent. You know, you can now start to earn somewhat a, a more attractive yield on fixed income or, or bond investments than you historically could. Right. And although inflation is high, um, you know, we, we think over time that will moderate. And so with these higher rates and the yield that you're earning uh, and able to earn on fixed income, you know, that will be able to offset inflationary costs, um, you know, over time. And so we're really starting to see and consider kind of increasing some bond exposure uh, within our portfolios as well. Uh, but again, you know, bonds are meant to be safe and provide safety with, within a portfolio. So sticking to higher quality bonds, structuring the portfolio that has consistent cash flow, you're never going to get the timing right, whether it's equities or fixed income and interest rates and trying to get in at the time when rates have risen, it's the best time to enter the market there. But if you structure a portfolio properly where it has consistent cash flow, you know if bond yields continue to rise, you can take the bonds that are maturing in the portfolio, reinvest in the higher rates, mm-hmm. offset some of the pressure on the portfolio from the rates rising, which has a negative impact on, on bond returns and bond prices. But over time, that tends to even out and you get a nice solid kind of return. But there are a lot of ways to get yourself in trouble within the fixed income markets especially taking very long, trying to reach for yield by extending into very long-term bonds or taking more credit risk and going down into lower quality bonds. That's where you really need to watch yourself. But um, I definitely would say, you know, fixed income uh, investments are looking more attractive as well. Zach, maybe for our listeners, um, what are some of the yields that we can get right now in the bond market, say for like an intermediate strategy? What what are those numbers at? Yeah. So, you know, currently our core fixed income uh, strategy, uh, investing in taxable bonds, has an average kind of duration or maturity of around three and a half years. Uh, But with that portfolio, you're able to get a yield of just shy of 4%. Yeah. So, you know, just six months, 12 months ago, <laughs> that that portfolio was, if you were to buy that, you know, portfolio 12 months ago, was going to get you about 1% was all. That's a huge change. So now yeah. you've seen a drastic increase in, in yields and what you're able to achieve within fixed income. And I think that 4% is more in line historically with what you've been able to get out of a, a high-quality bond portfolio. Because really, didn't people accept more risk and had to go in the stock market because the fixed income was so ridiculously low? And and that's kind of added to all this. But now you can create a little bit more of a balanced portfolio because the yields have, have jumped up. Yeah, that's ex- exactly the case. I think you've, you've seen people take on more equity risk uh, over the past several years just because, again, you, you couldn't earn much from bonds. Um, but, again, you, you need to watch yourself on, on that because now you're seeing the downside risk of increasing equities Within a portfolio, you increase the volatility, and with that volatility comes some more downside right. uh, potential, and, right. and, and that's what we're seeing today. So if, I, if I'm correct, I think we'd all agree that this is not a time to sell anything, right, at this stage of the game. So what, what would we, though, recommend to our listeners? We've got about six, seven minutes left to do. To, to going forward, 
you know, to, to, to maybe do things within your portfolio to help minimize something like this or at least the dramatic amount of it in the future? I mean, what, what would we recommend to our clients or our listeners, really? Because we know what we recommend to our clients. Yeah. But what yeah. we recommend our listeners to, to maybe say, okay, this is a little bit of wake-up call. It's a time to maybe I should take a look at my portfolio and let's maybe tweak it a little bit so next time I'm, I don't feel as much angst about this. Yeah, I think honestly, and I know we talk about this a lot, so we're going to be beating a dead horse here, but I think the first thing is going through a financial planning process. If you're not working with an advisor now, you know, you can try to do that yourself or find a qualified advisor to do that for you because it's so critically important to answer that question of whether you really do need to make a change to meet your goals. You know, if you're sitting at home right now wondering, uh, is this portfolio going to last my lifetime? Will I be able to spend enough in my retirement? Uh, it's a difficult question to answer, and really the only way to do that is to go through that very thorough financial planning process. And then once you do that, you may find out you might be able to stay exactly where you are. You may be in a good position, or it may show that you may need to make some tweaks to your portfolio, whether that is possibly getting more aggressive, or maybe you can even be more conservative right. and still meet your goals. So. I think you kind of always really have to start with that to make sure uh, you're heading in the right direction to ultimately meet the goals that you've set aside. I think that is so critical, Aaron, because what happens is is, is go, by going through that financial planning process, it really kind of shows you what kind of return you have to achieve. Exactly. And then that gives you the roadmap to design the portfolio to get you there. And it's your point, it may be you don't have to have that much risk to achieve the goals you've set. Yeah, and if you really have, to, if you're taking distributions from your account, I mean, now if 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 you've been 100% equities and now's the time you still need to take a distribution to meet your your living expenses, you know, you, that's not a it's you know, the portfolio was not structured you're properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so that's where you really set yourself back. And I think through the financial planning process, you can understand the right mix between kind of stocks and bonds. The bonds will kind of provide you. Um, that safety, that cash flow you may need to weather these difficult kind of equity conditions when they happen. Mm -hmm. um, but that financial planning process can really kind of flush yeah. that out and kind of help you hone in on exactly what that strategy should look like. And, you know, the unfortunate thing, a lot of clients don't really even think about that as needing that. And a lot of advisors don't provide that. Uh, and so it's kind of like the number of people that actually do it is relatively small, I would think. It is. Especially if you're um, doing it on your own. Exactly. It's difficult. It's very difficult to do. You know, we have a team of people dedicated to this process at Busey. That's all they do day in and day out. Uh, that's their specialty. Uh, so they've had a lot of education, a lot of experience doing this. They have some very sophisticated software they could use. So, yeah, to try to replicate on that on your own would be very difficult. It is very difficult. Um, but I kind of want to circle back to your question about, you know, what you can do. And maybe I'll just uh, let our listeners know maybe what we're doing for our clients. And I, I think you got to go back in time a little bit. Uh, we actually made some portfolio changes somewhat in anticipation of this. You know, if you look over the last few years, the markets had been doing really well. We felt they're getting a little overvalued. So we actually got a little more defensive uh, in a lot of our strategies for our clients, added some more defensive uh, funds, we kind of generically call these our alternative funds because uh, they're hard to classify in a, a single asset class. But what we're actually looking at doing now, uh, as you said, now that we're seeing stocks and bonds on sale, is maybe moving out of some of those more defensive strategies and taking advantage of these opportunities. So 
I think when you have uh, a qualified portfolio manager like that, they can make these kind of changes for you. And to your point, really, you should have been making changes before this ever happened. Right. Uh, as we talked about a number of times, growth stocks had really uh, run up quite a bit. They've been leading the way for a long time. So you should have been rebalancing over the years. Probably should have been pulling some money out of stocks as that drifted up. Um, and so if you had done that, it really set you up in a good position now to be able to take advantage of some of these opportunities, which is what we're doing yeah. for our clients right now. And I think you'd probably agree, gentlemen, that we don't try to time markets. We don't have a crystal ball that tells us what's happening. But we know the difference between something that's high-priced and low-priced, right? <laughs> is that is that fair to say? Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and that you know, is an exercise we go through essentially every month. doesn't mean that you know, we're looking at, at making changes every month. But really assessing the strategy, understanding where we should we should go, you know, what we should be maybe trimming to reduce some risk, but looking for areas of opportunity to invest into. That's exactly kind of what we're what we're doing today. Okay. Thirty seconds, final thoughts. Yeah, I my thoughts are, you know, don't let your emotions drive your investment decisions at this point. I know there's a lot of concern and a lot of risk in the market today, but uh stay the course. Uh, yeah, look to take advantage of certain opportunities. But again, work with your advisor. I think that financial plan is, is crucial to really understanding the risk you can take and then kind of make those adjustments as necessary. Okay. Aaron? Yeah, yeah. if you're sitting at home, you don't know what to do, get that financial plan. Yeah. Uh, find a qualified advisor. We'd be happy to work <laughs> with you at Busey, obviously. Uh, but yeah, just get help uh, if you need it. Yeah. Well, difficult times, but uh, you know we're going to get through this. I think the thing that everybody exactly. needs to understand, we've been here before. It may yeah. have looked a little bit different, but one of the five uh, most dangerous words in the English language that's different this time, it's really, <laughs> really not. So thank you for listening to Money Talk. You're listening to, WD, or you're listening to Money Talk, WDWS in Champaign-Urbana.